0: morning, saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. As the great hymn proclaims, Thy Strong Word bespeaks us righteous, bright with Thine own holiness. We gather this next hour around the gift of the Holy Scriptures and the Word made flesh. Our Lord Jesus Christ, who has called us out of darkness into His marvelous light, and by His cross, we are declared righteous on account of Him and Him alone. Thank you for tuning in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. And I'm your new host. Pastor Brady Finnern from Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota, and what a, a joy and very humbling to be with you as we dig into the scriptures and see our Lord Jesus. Today we begin a new study in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 with Pastor Curtis Dieterding from Zion Lutheran Church in Fort Myers, Florida. Pastor Dieterding, welcome to Thy Strong Word.
1: Hey, it's a pleasure to be here, and I have to say it's also an honor to be uh, your first guest as the new host of KFUO, so I'm, I'm really excited, and uh, also excited about the fact that uh, you're there in Sartell, Minnesota as well, because uh, that's close to my old stomping grounds before I came down here to Florida, up there in uh, Fergus Falls, uh, near Fargo, so.
0: Absolutely, otherwise known as the Otters, correct? That is the team name?
1: Yep it is the Otters, i believe uh, uh i also was a soccer uh, referee for high school so Sartell would come up and play there every once in a while
0: that's and, right go uh, sabers so, yeah yeah yep, absolutely the Sabres, there you go <laughs> well it's a joy well, to well, have yeah. you with us and you know like we say in minnesota you know basically everything somehow connects to minnesota somehow we think that's how we live <laughs> up here because it gets cold and we're by ourselves we just assume everyone knows about us anyways but a yeah. special thanks today to special thanks to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. LHF distributes Bible-based, Christ-centered catechisms and children's books around the world to point people to Christ in their first language. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. First off, Pastor Dieter Ding, as as you said, this is my first episode with Thy Strong Word. And, and we know, as we know from scripture, and we know in our lives that God is always at work through the word and he's bearing fruit around the world in our churches and in our lives. So as I you know, guests probably know a lot about you, but I don't necessarily. So could you tell us a few things about yourself and the ministry at Zion in Fort Myers?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, we've really been truly blessed down here to uh, have people that have come from really all over the United States that have become members of the church. In fact, um, I have members from four churches where I've served in the past, you know, like even my um, fieldwork church, my my vicarage congregation, uh, a couple of my other parishes where I served as well. And um, I was still surprised they called, they called me here. <laughs> it was good to, to, be, uh, to be on their list and to be able to be, uh, be a part of the ministry down here. We've uh, when I got here, we immediately just um, talked about, you know, where do we, where do we uh, connect into God's mission of sharing the gospel and the love of God uh, in our community? And so we actually, Uh, got together and uh, went through an entire process that kind of helped us see a little bit more clearly what our mission was as a congregation. And it has been a joy to work with the people because there's so many mission-minded folks here in this congregation and it truly has been a joy. And of course, um, we have uh, all kinds of communities down here too around us um, where they're not all the uh, retired wealthy communities. We also have communities of, of people um, who are just coming into into America? You know, they're they're just immigrating in, uh, trying to, to find family and so forth. And so, uh, a lot of labor type jobs that uh, that these folks have. Uh, but we get to also share the gospel with them as well, and in their communities. So, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a real blessing. That's kind of who we are here as a church in this area. And of course, we're going through what everybody else is going through right now, as far as being to able to do a lot of things in person, uh, both in the community and in our church, of course. And, and so the challenge is greater, but we still consider it a challenge that we uh, can, can overcome uh, through uh, God's help. So uh, we, have found, we have found other ways in which we can serve our community um, that, that are needs that have developed as a result of what's been going on, of course, with the coronavirus and everything.
0: Well, thanks be to God for that. And I think there's one burning question that I know many of our listeners clearly have, knowing that you're from Fort Myers, is the question of is Hammond's Stadium ready for the Minnesota twins to show up for spring training this year?
1: You know, I I I was looking at <laughs> I was looking at that online because I was gonna see if they were even gonna have any ticket sales <laughs> or anything. It it looks as though they were having a training down here. Uh, But others have told me that they were not going to come down this year, that they were going to actually stay up in Minnesota. So
0: I'm not really
1: sure what's going on right now, because that that season is supposed (laughs) to start at the end of February, beginning of, of March, usually.
0: Absolutely. Well, we'll find out more next month from you in that realm. Anyways, I wanted to try one thing before we get started here, Pastor, since this is my first episode of Thy Strong Word. And, you know, we always hear the tagline often here, Worldwide KFUO. I wanted to get, I wanted to personally get a little feel for all who listens, at least during our time on Thy Strong Words. I want to encourage everyone who is listening this morning to send us an email at KF, uh, not at, KFUO at KFUO.org. KFUO Hmm. at KFUO.org. And just tell us where you're listening from. I mean, I'll be fascinated to find out, you know, we're talking in Minnesota and Florida, and there's people that talk all across the the country, but also who's listening right now. We're not looking for questions quite yet. I'm, I think I get my bearings a little bit, but I would love to find out how far God's word is reaching out in this blessed work with KFUO. So send us an email, KFUO at KFUO.org, and just simply say, I'm listening to thy strong word from wherever that might be. And if you want to pull in something about Minnesota, that'd be great too, because obviously we, uh, we love when that happens here in Minnesota. Anyways, but today we are joined together to study 2 Corinthians chapter 1 with the goal to focus on the first 11 verses. Now, this study is a continuation when uh, Pastor Alfonso Espinosa was hosting Thy Strong Word in August when he, and and I, I believe you were part of this too, in 1 Corinthians um, in August of 2020. It's so, a little, you know, not, it's weird to say now we're in a different year, but it is 2021. But we, it's a continuation of that from August in 2020. So I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on, on the differences and the similarities of both of these epistles from Paul. But as we begin to search the scriptures, Pastor, can you begin us in prayer?
1: Absolutely, Lord God of heaven and earth, we come before you this day um, in, in, in your word and ask that your word would continue uh, to touch our hearts, to help us to grow in the love and the grace that you've shown to us in our dear Savior, Jesus. We ask that as that word continues to speak to our hearts and to our minds, that uh, through that spirit, that we would uh, continue to learn of your mercy, of your comfort, uh, especially in the midst of life's sufferings and uh, and struggles. And we pray that as we uh, hear this word today, that we would let that word overflow from our lives into the lives of those around us, that we might all not only know Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior, but also continue to grow in that grace and that peace that come from you. Be with us in our study. This we pray all in the one who is our Savior, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
0: Thank you. We are ready to dig in, but I wanted to start with, is there any introduction or background information you want to give us as we begin looking at or digging into 2 Corinthians chapter 1?
1: Well, yes, you know, and if if you're familiar with, if, if any of the listeners are, are familiar with these two letters, um, you will know that there in the very first letter was a, a lot of, of all kinds of stuff that Paul was writing to the people because there were some struggles. There were some uh, divisions that were starting to happen there in the church. And Paul addressed it, addressed a lot of those in that first letter. So um he expressed there was disappointment. There was, uh, that he was unhappy with some of the things that were going on. Uh, and, and so I, I know that, that as we look at the second letter, you you don't get that flavor right away at the very beginning of this letter. In fact, uh, it's, it's almost kind of like you, you have a law in the first letter, and now you're going to get more of the gospel in this letter. <laughs> and you can already get that sense in these first couple of chapters. And um, it's, and of course, as we approach Chapter One today, uh, we already get a sense that he's. I think he's still trying to let them know, you know, even with all the struggles that they've had, even with all uh, of what he talked to them about in the first letter, that you know that they are still loved by him, by God, and uh, that that we just need to continue our struggle together and work together. So, and we're going to get that sense as we get in there. Um, Also, I think it's helpful to know, I've I've had the opportunity to be there in Corinth uh, in the old uh, ruins. And so, uh, you know, it was a bustling uh, cultural area at one time, very diverse with people from all over the world. So, I mean, it was a a great place to have a new church. And, um, you know, like I said, Paul addressed all the the lack of of unity that there was there in uh, Corinth. And uh, now the, these letters and visits that Paul have uh, seem to be a little bit more on uh, the gospel side of of, uh, of his relationship with them. And so I think that's a good place to start.
0: Oh, it's a wonderful place to start. I, I, saw, I found a quote uh, by Luther, who talked about in the first epistle, First Corinthians, St. Paul rebuked the Corinthians severely for many things, pouring sharp wine into their wounds. Okay, and I think that that relates exactly what you said but then he continues but an apostle should be a preacher of comfort to raise up terrified and fearful consciences rather than to frighten them therefore in this epistle second corinthians he praises them once more and pours oil into their wounds i mean it's just Mm. wonderful it really lines up exactly what you just told us that here is a church that needed the law had divisions had problems with worship and communion and all these things in the first epistle. But then 2 Corinthians, he comes in with that um, soul care, really, of this congregation and saying, here it is, here's the gospel, and it comes out beautifully. So I think it's time for us to dig in. How about we look at the verse, two verses um, to begin. And for a reminder to our listeners, we are reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible, ESV. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is in Corinth, with all the saints who are in the whole of Achaia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. As you look at these first two verses, they're pretty standard as far as introductions by Paul. But any reflections from you, Pastor?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, well, even as standard as it is, I mean, it's uh, it's always a reminder too that you know Paul. Uh, always had to defend himself uh, that he is he is truly an apostle you know of Jesus christ that means his calling was not uh, by his will and that's what he's saying it's by the will of god that this is a, a genuine calling um, to be an apostle and so um you know he he had to he was criticized you know people were wondering you know how you know is he self-proclaimed you know and of course he always goes back to the calling that 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 occurred on the uh, on the road to Damascus and so forth um, that uh, you know Christ Jesus actually spoke with him um, and uh, you know wanted him to stop persecuting the church and to follow him he's baptized all those things uh, and uh, even the disciples of course you know there's a story the story about the disciples were questioning all of that too because at one time he had per- persecuted the church so he had to defend himself and so he would put that in there he'd make sure that people knew that he was truly an apostle of christ jesus and uh it's not self-proclaimed either it's it's actually from god himself so
0: right and he, he yeah, reconnects it well but a while by, oh, i'm sorry go ahead
1: that's okay um i, I was just going to add that um you know i was going to go on to timothy but go ahead
0: yeah i was just going to say that when he says apostle um we know that's sent from sent from the lord which is uh a a good reminder it was he was chosen thats another word we could have used but by the will of God that this wasn't this wasn't just him this was a calling from God and I gave him the authority to uh, well I would say care for them to to proclaim these words which really was important in the first you know the first letter but in this one too it's important to because if you're gonna proclaim God's grace to people there you know this is from God not from us which is an important distinction as we look at other parts you know, some say Apollos, I I this, thank goodness I didn't get you know, you can get baptized into my name, those kind of language that he'll use. Mm-hmm. And so that's an important thing too that this is God's will. But continue to Timothy, please.
1: Yeah, he well, yeah, he, I mean and just to add a little bit to that, I mean he's always mm-hmm. he's always spirit focused, God focused, Christ focused. Um you hear that in his language all the way through all of his letters. So mm-hmm. but then um yeah, Timothy's mentioned here that that uh evidently, you know, he's still uh, a companion here with with uh, Paul as he's writing this letter, um, and Timothy. I mean, when you think about Timothy, uh, his mom and his dad. You know, his dad was Greek. His uh, mother uh, was of Jewish descent, who became a believer in Christ Jesus. So um, that is a that's a rich cultural background that he comes from. So I mean, he's really he's really diverse in that sense that uh you know he already knows those cultures uh, both on the, uh, the gentile side and on the Jewish side and uh, to know and to come from you know a family that uh, was a very christian family as well so it's interesting to um to see that timothy is mentioned here too uh with with paul that he's there uh, together in in the work as a brother
0: and especially in, in corinth like you said is such a diverse culture that Timothy being there would have made him a special kind of worker, a pastor as we know it later on in Ephesus, but a very special person to be able to witness to a whole different segment of people. so I, I never thought about that like you talked about that diversity that was there and there's Timothy kind of in the heart of it all understanding different cultures and being able to preach the word according to those cultures. never thought of that mm-hmm. that's that's interesting. Yeah. yeah good anything else on those first uh, few verses?
1: Uh, just real quickly, you know. that I mean, obviously there was that, there was an area at that time, a region called a Kes, so they're talking about that whole area. But uh, it's you know, grace and peace is always uh, is always a real Pauline greeting. I mean, so yeah, just like you said, I mean, this is pretty typical.
0: It is, yeah. That the grace is our favor with God, and in order to have peace, we need to have grace, and mm-hmm. so He really exactly. connects that well. Hopefully we're able to a lot of times I know I begin my sermon this way, um, Grace and Peace and Mercy, but usually add mercy because that's in other accounts um from God our mm-hmm. Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, which just reminds us that when we preach the word of God, we are basically giving an epistle to our congregation about um God's word and how it applies to our lives, both law and gospel. So let's right. keep uh let's keep moving on if that's what you want to do. Yep. That sounds Let's do. do it. Let's do verses three and four. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all, of our, in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort for which we ourselves are comforted by God. Now, there's probably a theme here. What do you think, how would you sum up those two verses?
1: Well, you know, what is what is he really referring to here? I mean, you know, what is is there is he referring back to what he had written in the first letter? Is he referring to something else as far as their affliction? What is the exact exactly their affliction? I mean we don't we don't see all the details of that of the afflictions and sufferings, but we can pretty much understand that there was um you know, a lot of pushback against the gospel. There was persecution uh, you know, uh, in the preachings of the gospel too, um, you know, from from people that did, just were not believers, they didn't uh, believe that word, and to to even the Jewish uh, people who feel that there's a new there's a new religion, a new um, idea of God being taught that was false and, and needed to be uh, you know stifled, and so. Um, what's really interesting, though, and I have to say we use it, uh, at least I do, and I know that uh, I've seen it in uh, the orders of worship when it comes to like use of memorial services or funerals. This is a, a very popular passage uh, to talk about, you know, because you can connect with the affliction and with the suffering uh, that we go through in our grief. Um, over the loss of a loved one. So this is a uh, very, very popular passage is used uh, for those times. But here I think with Paul, like I said, I think it's it's uh, just to be comforted in knowing that um, God is with us. And it, and it says there, with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. And again, that's what Paul constantly does is he points us always back to God the Father, Jesus Christ here, you can see it. Um, and that's where our true Uh, comfort can be found uh, during times that are are, uh, times of suffering and affliction.
0: Yeah, and he says it five times in those two verses where he says Mm -hmm. the word comfort. It, It brings me a little bit back to our Lord's words in Isaiah 40, comfort, comfort, my people says, your God. I was kind of, when I was reading this, I was thinking a little bit about how you almost feel like paul just had those words right on his in his ears he had maybe just heard isaiah 40 when he was reading this to the to, uh, writing this to them just he just keeps using it over and over and you know i never really thought about using this for a memorial service um or even a burial or something like that but wow i think this would be great to sing the you know sing the hymn comfort comfort ye my people That's that's a Mm -hmm. perfect way to look at this because it is not my comfort that I give, but it's God's comfort who gives it to us in all our affliction. And even says better, God of all comfort. We're not talking like a certain kind or a a distinction of comfort, but he gives all of it to us. He gives all of it. Mm -hmm. So any, I I don't know. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot there, but any other um, reflections on comfort?
1: Well, I think, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. Um, and I, I, you know, if we were talking about grace and peace earlier. You say that sometimes whenever you start your sermon, grace, peace, and mercy, we, you know, all of a sudden here in the next verse, he's calling him the father of mercies. <laughs> you know, God God brings us that comfort um, with the, the mercy that he's shown toward us in Jesus Christ. And that mercy, of course, is found, uh, I mean, you can also see that uh, that this is, is connected, uh, maybe even with our spiritual walk as well. Um, you know, thinking about what Paul had to say to the to the Corinthians there in the first letter, um, that uh, maybe if you get to the point where you realize, oh, um, okay, I'm not the person that God wants me to be, and uh, we go to God seeking His mercy, and that's that's why He calls Him Father of Mercies there. And then through his mercy, we even receive comfort even in the bits of our sin and our, are and our destroying our relationships with one another through, our, through that sin. And so um, the true comfort that we can find spiritually, even whenever we're afflicted that way as well, uh, is found in Christ Jesus, too. So, I mean, this is really, um, there's really a lot here, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and one of the things too, and I we won't to, to look at it too much today or right now, um, but it's something that we'll be looking at later in Second Corinthians, where it not only talks about how it's the Lord who gives us His comfort by the gospel, by His gifts, um, through the love that flows from the cross, but also that it comes from people. This is Second Corinthians seven when it talks about that they were comforted when Titus came to visit them. And I just find that interesting too, is that connection to the the funeral and that that presence and and looking at everything that happens uh, that it is people who are there to comfort us, and it is God who gives us those people to comfort us in our mm-hmm. time of need. And so this is something that we're probably gonna have to really look at after this break, but to something for us to realize that it is God who gives us the comfort as we go through our lives and he brings people to bring that word and that comfort through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're gonna have to take a break here. We are currently studying the book of 2 Corinthians chapter one with Pastor Curtis Dieterding, and we will be uh, right back here soon.
1: In 1924, by the grace of God,
0: KFUO began broadcasting the good news of Christ for you. A long part of this history is bringing you worship services to hear and receive the good gifts of God in His words. This Sunday morning, join us for services from Trinity Lutheran Church at 8 a.m. and Village Lutheran Church at 1040, as well as Bible studies from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in De Pere at 930. Hear Christ for you in Sunday morning services on KFUO. Did you know that your individual retirement account may make the best gift to KFUO? The IRS now allows individuals 70 and a half or older to transfer their required minimum distribution directly to charity and avoid paying the associated income tax. These gifts can provide regular long-term resources to KFUO. If you have questions about making an IRA gift to KFUO, call me, Mary, at 314-996-1518. We'll send a representative out to help answer your questions and help you establish a legacy of giving to your favorite radio station, Worldwide KFUO. And welcome back. We are studying 2 Corinthians chapter 1 with Pastor Curtis Dieterding. And we have been talking about the comfort of our Lord Jesus that he gives to us. And and Paul clearly wants to give comfort to this congregation at this time because they really went through a lot of uh, law in the first book. And here he's coming straight up, 100% right at him, grace, comfort, and peace that our Lord gives to us. And once again, the word comfort that only comes from our Lord. So as we continue on, I just wanted to ask one more time, Pastor, any last thoughts on the first four verses?
1: Well, I think what we're going to hear is more words from Paul as we move ahead here in these passages uh, about, you know, more of what is the suffering and affliction about, uh, especially as he starts to uh, describe that. So, yeah, let's just move on uh, through the next few verses, and I think we, it'll all connect together
0: absolutely I want to focus this on verse 5 to begin verse 5 of second Corinthians chapter 1 For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too this this one really struck me I want to start here is the word abundantly you know you think of uh, um, you think of Jesus's words that your joy may be, uh, you know, joy may be complete, John 10, 10, where, you know, that you will have it abundantly. We think of that a lot of times, that God will give us abundance of these things. But here he kind of uses abundant differently. How how would you look at this first? How would you describe this?
1: Well, I think I think it's targeting about um, the fact that, you know, when we actually move our focus from trying to get through our sufferings and our ailments on our own, through our own strength. I mean, there's another example where he's not, you know Paul's pointing us to Christ, and uh, he's even pointing to, us to Christ in the sense of our own sufferings, so that whenever we um, look at the sufferings of Christ, we know that those were done for who? For us. And when we realize that, when we understand that, when we uh, when that comes to to uh, to our knowledge, we we can't you know, can we can't do anything but feel the abundance <laughs> of that comfort. Uh, for ourselves as well to know that that deep love that God has for us uh, in the the sufferings of Christ and th- and this is what I was talking about you know as we're moving forward now as we continue to go through the rest of these verses we're going to start seeing you know where what kind of affliction what kind of suffering you know, are we talking about we know Christ's sufferings and we know what the purpose of those sufferings are and that should bring us abundant comfort. And that's why it's so good to use these passages, you know, especially when uh, people are facing someone who is divine.
0: Absolutely. He, He definitely is setting up in those first few verses and into verse five. He's setting them up to understand whose are you and what kind of God do you have that when you do have suffering, I mean, he's not trying to hold back and say, by the way, you won't have suffering. No, he says, when you do have sufferings, there will also be an abundance of comfort which is an important thing is we can get it real, really um, misunderstood on the Christian life as a life of perfection or a life of, of, of comfortable put it that way that I'm always comfortable. And there's a distinction of that and comfort. I don't necessarily want to get into that, but just to realize that there will be suffering, but at the same time, there will be an abundance. And this is not just a little bit, this is an abundance of comfort. Good. Any last thoughts on that before we move on?
1: Well, yeah, you know, just, in both cases it says you know for as we and and the key word there for me is this share we share abundantly mm. in christs sufferings and then it says we share abundantly in the comfort too so we you know as we share in the sufferings of christ now we now we're like you know how do we do that how is that how is that done in our lives how are we sharing in the in the sufferings of christ well if we're picking up our taking up our cross we're laying our life down for our savior uh we know that that comes with persecution it comes with um you know some some pain and trying to to, uh, uh, to live as people of god and and they were not immune to that but paul <laughs> paul suffered constantly you know as he was trying to bring the gospel uh, to people everywhere uh constantly being persecuted and so now we're starting to uh, get a feel for what kind of the sufferings and, and afflictions are we talking about here as well but uh to think that we share in those sufferings and that we share, and like you said, abundantly in the comfort too, um, is is now a little bit more eye opening for us. You know, it's, it's I, this always reminds me of you know there are people in my life, and I'm sure you've got them. Everybody's got them out there, where you look at what they have gone through in not only their personal life. It might have been through physical pain, it might be through emotional pain, whatever it happens to be. And you think to yourself, you know, they seem to have so much joy, so much peace, so much, uh, you know, with all that they've been through. I've never been through anything near what they have been through. And, and that's a powerful witness, you know, to see somebody like that, that knows that even in their suffering, um, the reason that they are still uplifted and still understand the joy and the comfort that comes is because they're in Christ. And they know what Christ has done for them.
0: It reminds me a little bit of uh, a wonderful saint, now sainted uh, lady that I would visit who had lost a number of family members, had, had a number of struggles. And I remember I brought her communion. And when she had communion, she had the greatest comfort that I'd ever seen. And she was some struggling a little bit with Alzheimer's at that stage. But the comfort she showed in her face summed it all up, like exactly what you're saying. Was there suffering? Yes. Was there an abundance of comfort because she knew of how how much her Lord had suffered for her and she had given, uh, given her that gift and that, that Lord had given her the gift of forgiveness, life, and salvation is something that is one of the great honors of being a pastor, but also just a testament to exactly well, what Paul's saying is very true when it happens in people's lives by God and his Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to verses six and seven. Paul says, if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation and if we are comforted it is for your comfort which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer our hope for you is unshaken for we know that as you share in our sufferings you will also share in our comfort so he says a few kind of kind of um, a very eye-opening kind of eyebrow raising statements here for afflicted it is for your comfort and salvation. Any, any thoughts on that?
1: I, I love the connection here. You, you know, if if, you're, if if we're all paying attention, we see that here he's he's making he's making a wonderful move here from uh, how we share abundantly in the in the sufferings of Christ, and that we also share abundantly in the comfort too. And now he's moving over to um, that we sh- that that know that you share in our sufferings. And you also share in our comfort too. You know, he's—it's it, interesting. He's talking about this whole idea of sharing with us that, and it's because of that sharing. It's because there is a, a familiarity that we share together. Uh, we can also be comforted together as well. And so, it just, it's just—it's really kind of an interesting move to go from how we share that with Christ, and now how we share it as Christ's people with one another in the hope that He gives us. You know. Because you know he he throws that right in there at the beginning of verse seven. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you now share in the suffering, we also share. You also share in our comfort, and he just said that in verse six too. Again, you know it's it, it's just it's really interesting how he how he makes that move um, to show that we are all one together uh, with Christ as our head. Uh, I can't help it, all these other passages are Paul pouring into my head and into my heart as he's uh, laying this out.
0: Well, especially when you look at things like Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12, when it talks about the body mm-hmm. of Christ, we usually quickly, I know I do at least, I quickly put that into, okay, what's my place? You know, what's your job? What's your job? Okay, now we're all working together as a complete whole, which obviously is part of the body of Christ and it's very clear in those words. But here, like you're saying, that the body of Christ, even more so is there to bring comfort to one another, as I said about Titus in 2 Corinthians 7. But not only do we share it with Christ, but we share it with one another. I remember one time, someone bringing up that, you know, when you go up for communion, and sometimes you see this, and I bring up a communion reference again, just because I think that's probably the clearest understanding when we are able to see each other together, kind of a little bit hard during COVID. But It's like you go up and it's almost like you're holding each other up while you join together as one and saying, I'm sharing our sufferings together. And you see this sometimes you have an older, like we have a a few people that maybe aren't really able to stand up on their own. And literally someone next to them grabs their hand or they put their hand on each other and they, they, they build each other up, you know, the body of Christ. And that also goes with our suffering, that we are together in this because of Christ. And what does that bring in verse seven? our hope for we know that there, we will also share in comfort. So once again, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess I didn't count every times comforts used, but it is a common theme here. Any, any thoughts, other thoughts on those verses?
1: Yeah, I was just, uh, I actually had a memorial service just prior to today's, um, oh. to the, to today's reading. And so, um, you know, I mean, this is speaking so, so loudly to me right now, uh, you know, see people that that uh, we're at that funeral of course you know at funerals uh, you'll have people from all walks of life um, not necessarily just people from the congregation in fact I only had uh, this gal was so uh, was so up in years uh, there were not many people that knew her before she got sick and so uh, there weren't many from the church there was only like I think maybe one or two uh, that were actually from the parish but The family showed up. I've not seen any of this family. We've never met before. We've never seen each other before. And so, you know, where do you, how do you bring the comfort of Jesus to those that might not really even have a relationship with Jesus? Now, I don't know that, um, but but I know that there were some some struggles within the family uh, just by being uh, connected uh, with with her. She had her some of her struggles. uh, Some of Sorry about that. Are you still there? I'm still here. Yep. Okay. Now somebody somebody (laughs) tried calling in. Sorry about that. I (laughs) I didn't. That's why I paused there for a minute. Sorry. Got it. Anyway, um, so what I was trying to say is, you know, here I'm trying to help this family get through their sufferings and not knowing exactly where they are. What better way to do that than to bring them uh, the one who suffered for them, the one who uh, also knows something about crying. And, and heartache at a at, at a at a friend of a few fu- you know a funeral of a friend uh, Lazarus and 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 then also you know just bringing that word to the family I knew uh, that the spirit can work through that to help them learn of this God of comfort and that our comfort is in the sufferings of Christ who knows our sufferings like like what we go through so so yeah I mean you know, This is all the language of Paul trying to remind us again that, um, you know, our true comfort comes through the hope that we have in our Savior.
0: And the wonderful words they are, they remind us of Romans 8.28, and we know for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. And we can easily connect that once again, that he is connecting it to comfort that he will continually give for all of us. So let's continue on because we get a little bit of a feel. He's talking a lot about affliction. He's talking about a lot of things that are happening, knowing our connection to Jesus. Once again, um, bringing in that identity. Whose are you and how are we connected? We're connected to Jesus with suffering. He suffered for us. He's the one that gives comfort. And from that, the question is, why is Paul bringing this up? So let's look at verses 8 and 9 as he gives us a little background to why he is speaking the way he is verses eight, nine, for we do not want you to be ignorant brothers of the affliction we experienced in Asia for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Instead, we felt that we have received the sentence of death, but that was, excuse me, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Any idea on the background of this? He speaks about um, the affliction we experience in Asia. Any thoughts there, Pastor?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, obviously right here, we don't have a lot of the background on that, but we know that Paul was constantly being led by the Spirit of where he was going to go to, to uh, bring that gospel message. And so, um, you know, we just, we know that the sufferings and burdens that they that they labored for, for the for the sake of the gospel, you know, happened in, in all kinds of places. But this experience uh, was such that it just drained them, you know, <laughs> and, and that they despaired for life it's, of, of life itself. You know what? There, he's not the first one to be there. You know, we just got through uh, reviewing uh, in our church here not too long ago. Um, actually, it was in a in a, um, a Zoom meeting where we were talking about. Uh, Elijah and how he was, you know, had this wonderful experience of, of watching all the prophets of Baal go down. And then the next thing you know, he's running for his life and he, he's he's exhausted. He's done. He went, he's basically asking God to take his life. So right. I mean, there have been others too in the past that have been in this same situation. So this is not unusual to hear Paul speak this way. Um, it's definitely showing that there's a there's a part of him that's still very weak as a, as a human. Uh, that we cannot rely on ourselves, and that's what he says. But that, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God, and, uh, and God, God who who's who's powerful enough and has the supernatural power to be able to raise the dead. You know, and so they, they, again, he's trying to tell us the focus always needs to come back, especially during times of suffering and affliction, back to Christ back to what God has done for us, back to what he promises us. And that's what gives us hope, uh, comfort. That's what gives us hope.
0: It is amazing to, to think about all the things that Paul went through. I, I read wrong, one commentary that pointed this, what he was saying to Acts 19. And I, I think at the end of the day, we don't especially know, but I know Acts 19, when when Paul is— is uh in Ephesus and there's Demetrius a silversmith who they you know people are coming to Christ they're believing mm-hmm. in Christ and, and Artemis is like hey get these guys out of here they're ruining my business or Demetrius excuse me and he's a silversmith and he wants to make these shrines and you know to do all and make it out of metal and he gathers up the other workers and all this and they drag out his friends, Gaius and uh, Aristarchus, and the Macedonians drags him out, and Paul is watching his own friends go out there, and it looks like they're about to be persecuted for their faith. And you, you can see how traumatizing that that little what a that little experience would have been, or to be stoned, or all these things that he's gone through. You can tell he's writing this with a pen of of burden. Probably kind of like you and I, at least for me. I know when I preach, sometimes I'm preaching to myself. You know, you're you're dealing with Mm -hmm. your own sin, your own your own weakness. And here he's preaching in a way that's showing uh, not only do you need comfort, and I know that I gave you a lot of law last time, um, but right now I need this comfort because I am tired. And he says those beautiful words, like you said, but that he makes us rely on ourselves, not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. I mean this. This goes back to 1 Corinthians 15, where he talks about the resurrection. And, and if, if Jesus can resurrect, then, you know, then then he can, he can help us and give us comfort in our time of need. And I heard a pastor once say that, you know, if Jesus can conquer sin, death, and the devil, then he will be able to handle any um, problems that or issues that I will face. And that's the beautiful connection there of relying on God and the resurrection, because if there's a resurrection we should be able to rely on him any any other thoughts on on this wonderful passage
1: yeah and and i think when it comes to um, trying to reach out to people to let them know what it is that you believe and the faith is all of what god has done in your life working through his word when we're trying to reach out to help other people see that that beautiful truth and reality that that i we have in our life that God, you know, in God's promises, um, we've all been there. I, I think we despair as pastors sometimes, especially when we uh, see um, part of the flock, uh, in, you know, dividing with one another over some issue, and I, I'm just like what Paul had to deal with in the, in the first uh, letter. But even in our families, and I see that all the time. I see people that are just so distraught with the fact that, their children, which they brought up in the faith, are now uh, not following uh, in the faith any longer. In fact, uh, rejecting the faith even, uh, doing things that are completely contrary to the will of God uh, without remorse. And it's, it, it's a burden. And, it, and sometimes you just feel like throwing in the towel as well. So I think we can all relate to uh, at least somewhat to what Paul is talking about here where we get down and we get burdened and we get exhausted and things are not changing. The more we, even the more we pray, the more that we try to work with those who are, are lost, uh, it can be exhausting and, uh, it can get you down. And I, you know, and, and it sounds like that's where he was, but our strength to get us out of that and to get us out of that, that burden that we have of, uh, of, of picking up our, taking up our cross and laying down our lives for Christ's sake, um, can i I think we can all relate to so these this really touch I think these touch us deeply these verses
0: absolutely, absolutely, and I want to touch on that a little bit uh, when we get to verse eleven, your talk about families and concerns about their extended families not no longer believing or not living according to the faith, but it comes down to what do we rely on that we have a God mm-hmm. who raises the dead i mean we we just i we talk about Jesus dying on the cross, and clearly that's, uh, you know, the cross is our theology, Luther would say. But also we think about, I think about strength and raising from the dead. And that's what I think perfectly leads us into verse 10. So let's read verse 10. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. So, he uses the word of deliverance, and this is an important word too because we think about deliverance. We can think of a lot of uh, a biblical uh, uh, biblical stories and biblical imagery of deliverance. And it's you know he's, he keeps repeating himself in this one. Makes you wonder what was all happening. Comfort and deliverance. Comfort and deliverance. Any thoughts on mm-hmm. verse ten and deliverance? Yeah, I
1: like I like how he says that. You know, he talks about where we don't rely on, on, on ourselves, we, lie, we rely on God because he raised us from the dead. And then he goes right into saying, he delivered us from such deadly peril. <laughs> he raised <laughs> us from the dead because, you know, he's delivering us from that. Um, and, you know, they, they had gotten to that point. So, yeah, I look at this and I'm like, um, you know, this is this is a real focus again on Getting us to really understand that when we're in the depths of things that exhaust us and take us down, um, we can't be relying on ourselves to dig out. You know, we need to look at what God has done in the bigger picture and grab a hold of the hope that is ours, because it says there, on him we have set our hope. On him we have set our hope. And, And they do that because they know that he alone is the one who can deliver them from all of this. And look at Paul's life. I mean, how many times was he close to death, period? I mean, just physical death from all the pain and suffering that he went through. Um, he knows what resurrection is truly all about. Uh, even, um, even in all the, the uh, pain and suffering he went through physically, that, you know, that long list that he gives uh, reminding us of, of what he's done in his body for the sake of the gospel.
0: And I love how he uses the word hope, verse 7, our hope for you is unshaken. And then here he connects it, on him we have set our hope. And see, he doesn't just say, okay, I have hope, whatever that is. But he has hope because not only has he delivered us, but he will deliver us again. This this goes into Passover language, right? That Exodus, where God delivered his people um, through Moses out of slavery. Um, we see this in the Psalms everywhere. There's these wonderful points of deliverance. And then also, I was thinking about this, and, I, and I, I have to do more research on it. I have to do more study on it. But when you look at Pilate delivers Jesus, just an understanding of as Jesus was delivered, he delivers us. I never thought about that when I look at the word deliverance. I could do, I want to sign somebody to do a paper on this because just the idea of deliverance in the scriptures and our lives as God's people deliverance. So anybody out there? You know, I asked for your email. If you want to do a paper on deliverance, here's your opportunity. (laughs) Two pages by Friday. No, anyways. Um, But this deliverance, this deliverance is something that we will focus our attention on and to know that it is truly Jesus who delivers us. So we only have a few more minutes here, Pastor. I really want to get to verse 11. So let's, let's dig in. Verse 11, the last verse. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. So he brings us all back together in the understanding of prayer. So wh- how would you how would you look at this? He because he, he, he gives all these words of hope and comfort and deliverance and then he ends this section with prayer. What are your thoughts on how he ends this?
1: Well, you know, this is our this is one of our most powerful connections to God, not just reading the word and having God speak to us, but then being connected back to God through prayer. And, and, and it's interesting that, you know, he kind of summarizes just this, this uh, opening section with that. Um, you know, this is a pro-prayer chain uh, <laughs> a verse here that, um, you know, prayer is a, powerful, is a very powerful part of our relationship with God. Um, it's interesting, when you, st- you know, when you talk to people about prayer, there are some interesting um, uh, thoughts and perspectives that people have concerning prayer. Um you know, like everything from, well, you know, if you pray, pray it's okay if you pray, Pastor, right? it's just really basically for us anyway. It's not much, it's not really all that much for God because, you know, God's <laughs> going to do what he needs to do anyway. He's going to do everything according to his will. So why bother praying to people who say prayer is very powerful and, and praying to God continually uh, – builds that trust between you and God, and you can see the good in all that, that God is doing in your life and in the lives of others that you're praying for. So, I mean, there's, it's interesting to hear all the different perspectives, but the, but the truth of the matter is go to the Scripture, go back to God's Word, and what does God's Word say to us here? It's saying um, that we can get help by prayer, um, always lifting up thanks to God, praising Him for all His work done in our lives, and he says he, they recognize blessing that's given given to them through prayers of many. So they know that we who are growing in our faith uh, want to grow in our prayer life to keep that conversation going with our Lord uh, because it keeps us attached to His Word as well. Um, I, I think maybe um, you know what, what this really reminds me. You know, I like how Luther used to pray the Catechism. Or he prayed the he'd pray the Bible. Um, that was one of the things at the seminary that really stuck to me, to be able to sit and just go through a book and just pray it, and uh, and learning how to do that connects us even more so to God's word and makes it more personal too to our own lives.
0: Absolutely, this connects me to a story, a story about LWMl. And one time, I talked to LWMl Bible study and just encouraged them to think of somebody they want to pray for in their family who is not connected to Christ. And they we said, "Okay, think of somebody, and uh, let's go around the room and you name them, and let's go and you know a lot of times our people are just afraid to pray, they don't know what to say or whatever. We went around that room and they all had a person. We even said, "Okay, let's do it again, and they did it again, and it was clearly a situation where we all have people that we want to bring to the feet of Christ, that our Lord's mercy would be upon them, and what a great message we have to give to them, which is you have a God of comfort, you have a God of hope, and you have a God of deliverance. And so as we look at the end here, may our Lord always continue to help us pray. Pastor, one last thought in about
1: 20 seconds, what do you got? Yeah, I, I, again, I believe that um, it's, a, it's a showing too uh, of faithfulness, of trust in God. And in that faithfulness and trust, God does respond. And he responds to his people, and he responds in ways that are, that are truly a blessing. Um, you know, to say that, you know, God blesses us uh, every time that we pray according to our will would be ridiculous because it's not true. But God does bless us in ways that continue to bring us closer to him.
0: Amen. Pastor Curtis Dieterding is pastor of Zion Lutheran Church in Fort Myers, Florida, helping us today in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Pastor Dieterding, thank you for being our guest.
1: Hey, it's been a joy and I uh, look forward to it in the future.
0: Amen. I'm your host, Brady Finneran, pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us as we see a God of comfort, a God of peace, and a God of hope. And as we leave, may the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hands.